As we continue today in our sermon series on helping a friend in need, I want to begin by offering an interpretation on the walk to Emmaus, this resurrection story that we just heard. So on that same day of resurrection, two of Jesus' followers were going to Emmaus, a town about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with one another about all the things that had transpired with Jesus, especially among those last days. One of those two, we are told, is named Cleophas. And from Luke, we learn that three women are the first to encounter the empty tomb. These women are named as Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, who could also be known as the wife of Cleophas. After these women discover the empty tomb and they hear the words of the angels explaining the resurrection, they go back to tell the eleven and the other disciples what they have seen and heard. Peter, at least, gets up and runs to the tomb to see for himself. But as for the rest, these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. So imagine for a second that you are Cleophas, a follower of Jesus, maybe even a brother of Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. Your wife, Mary, leaves early in the morning while you're still sleeping to go and anoint Jesus' dead body. Everyone is still in shock and deep grief over his death. And suddenly your wife returns with two other women telling the strangest story you've ever heard. The tomb is empty, and we have heard from angels. And all around you, with the exception of a few, people are not really believing what they're saying, and some people start to get upset, maybe even angry. What do you do as a kind, though confused, husband? You grab your wife and you head out of town so you can talk through what she's been saying, just the two of you. Because a loving and supportive partner protects their love from ridicule and provides opportunities for good communication and support. Today's specific topic in our sermon series about helping a friend in need, one who's going through divorce. And this week, several of you sent in notes, comments, and resources, and I thank you for your honesty, your vulnerability, and your thoughtfulness. Divorce is terrible. In terms of stress, divorce is the second most stressful event a person can endure just behind the death of a spouse. Now, divorce is never the goal of a healthy marriage, and for a marriage to remain healthy, both people must remain faithful to each other and commit to the work of relationship. When a marriage thrives as it should, it is a beautiful thing meant to last a lifetime. In our Episcopal liturgy for the celebration and blessing of a marriage, we ask all who gather in the congregation, all of you who witness these vows, do all in your power to support these two persons in their marriage. And the response is always a very hearty, we will. So as an aside today, if you know people who are struggling in their marriage, please do not wait until the conversation about divorce begins before you start to do all in your power to support both persons. And yet with all good intentions, with marriage vows and blessings, with work and even with love, 
Sometimes a marriage dies. Divorce is a heartbreak under the best of circumstances. According to our own diocesan customary on remarriage, the remarriage of divorced persons in the church poses a difficult dilemma. On the one hand, marriage is viewed by the church as a sacrament, a solemn undertaking, a solemn undertaking blessed by God and indissoluble. On the other hand, divorce is a reality that grows out of our fallen condition as human beings and all too easily reinforced as an option in our society. How we may hold up the sanctity of marriage and at the same time minister the redeeming, reconciling love of God to those who have endured the pain of divorce is the question that confronts us as a church. This is the question before us today. How do we minister the redeeming, reconciling love of God to those enduring the pain of divorce? How can we support our friends or a family member if they're going through such a stressful and difficult time? Well, we primarily minister to them as a friend. All of us need community in our lives, especially when we're facing a challenging time. So be an intentional friend. Show up. Seek connection. Help them to know that they are not alone. Continue inviting them to social functions. Even if they don't accept your invitations, keep at it. Communicate to your friend that you see them, that you are aware of what they're going through, even if you yourself have never experienced such pain. Feed them. As we hear in the story of Emmaus, Christ's love and acceptance is made known in the breaking of the bread. Home-cooked food or meals delivered make a huge difference. Help your suffering friend find some way to break up the emotional heaviness. Find opportunities for laughter so that they might remember that the sadness they're experiencing is not all that is. Let them know that you still need them. One of the ways that we can be helpful and befriend to someone going through a divorce is by sharing their pain, affirming them in all the emotions that they feel. It is certainly normal for them to feel anger, sadness, shame, loneliness. But it's also acceptable to experience feelings of relief, of gratitude, or some combination of all of these feelings at once. It's important that they feel a sense of validation, that this emotional roller coaster is okay. In fact, it's natural. And like Job's misguided friends in the Bible, sit with them. But rather than ignoring what your friend expresses, encourage them to feel all of the feelings. This process is essential to healing. Always remember that God is still on God's throne and that prayer changes things. Pray that your friend begins to gain some control over their emotions so that they are not overwhelmed by them. Pray for them as you would have them pray for themselves, though they may not be able to do so. Pray for God to help them during this difficult time that they might have perseverance. Pray for them to experience and to show grace. Pray for a release 
from the pain of this process. Ask God to help you to be a light that reminds them that they are enough, that they are loved, that they are who God created them to be. Pray Psalm 116 for your friend. The first three verses that we read earlier speak to a person who's going through divorce. I love the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me whenever I called upon him. The cords of death entangled me. The grip of the grave took hold of me. I came to grief and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray you, save my life. Now, when you're walking with a friend who's going through divorce, it might be tempting to share in the partner bashing. But don't do this. Absolutely, give your friend all the room that they need to vent their anger and frustrations. But don't get caught up in the moment and pile on. Why not? Because eventually, your friend is going to need your help finding forgiveness for their ex. An important step of this process is letting go of anger. Not to forget what has occurred, but so that one does not allow resentment to continue to inflict damage. One of the great challenges in divorce is that after fighting in the relationship, or perhaps fighting for the relationship for so long, it's difficult for many to stop fighting when the divorce is over. Couples with children know that as difficult and infuriating as it can be to stay in any kind of relationship post-divorce, when children are involved, fighting only takes away from the shared goal of allowing the children to find a sense of peace and happiness. So help your friend to find a place of peace, letting go of any self-judgment they feel while facing the death of their marriage. When a marriage fails, it does not mean that a person has stopped loving their family. There is so much grief during this time. Name it. Your friend could be grieving a loss of sense of family, a loss of the future that they thought that they knew, the loss of financial stability, and the potential loss of friends who might take sides. Love them through this grief. It's not easy. It is a process. But by your love and acceptance, you can make a tremendous difference in their healing process. Finally, a friend or family member who's going through divorce needs you to speak hope to them. As Bob Johnson said last week in his sermon, the best gift we can give others is hope. And sometimes we have to hold that hope for them. This is true in the case of divorce as well as in times of helping a friend through depression. Hold the hope for their future with less pain. Speak hope for their future relationships. Pray that hope will overcome all sadness. As we learn from the walk to Emmaus, a loving and supportive person protects their friend from ridicule, and provides opportunities for good communication and support. Let us pray. Loving God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is to love you. Help us whenever a friend or family member is traveling the painful road through divorce to be a friend that ministers to them in your name. Give us strength and courage to be present with them, to love and accept them, 
to offer words of comfort and actions of sustenance. As we pray for them to experience your healing, remind all of us of our value to you as beloved children, forgiven, loved, and free. Amen.